Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Habs offense shines over the Islanders. Uri Slavkovsky and Josh Anderson look great, and the Laval Rocket have a goaltending problem. All that and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 975 of Locked on Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL to save $20 off your first purchase. We, of course, are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, it was... A fun weekend for the Habs. Uh, We like wins. Wins are fun. We do like wins, and we do like when players that have been in a slump, uh, a slump that everybody's talking about, finally uh, are able to kind of get get going um, and are received with such love. Yes. uh, The Canadians played the New York Islanders on Saturday night. The Islanders coming off a, I believe it was a shootout game against the Bruins, and we all know how the Habs have played Uh, Teams on back-to-backs this year, they were 0-7 against teams on back-to-backs this year, which is mind-bogglingly bad because you're supposed to be the team with the advantage going into that game there. And uh, the Habs were not able to deliver on that for a while, but they came out against the Islanders and... Now they're 1-7. Now they are 1-7, yes. Not without some difficulty. They won 5-3 in a game where they were leading 4-0 going into the third period. Uh the third period got real nervy at the end there. The power play for the Canadians, not the Islanders, did not look good. It looked like a collective taking foot off the gas kind of moment here a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to put it on Montembeau. I think he did the best he could, but the defensive coverage, just little things were not working out the way they needed to. But I want to focus on the good things that happened in Uh, The good stuff in this game for the first 40 minutes of this game, the Habs just speed bagged the Islanders. It was lopsided. It was, I, it it made me question how Islanders fans watch this team so often because it was just line after line after line. The Habs were just all over the Islanders from the first line to the fourth line. Everybody was just scoring chance, scoring chance, scoring chance. Varlamov was great in the first period. Uh, and he was great until he wasn't in the second period. Yoel Armia opens the scoring after a, just an insanely lazy turnover like three minutes prior. He then collects a loose puck, dangles while skating backwards around the poke checks, and then just wires one into the far corner, continuing to make himself the most baffling player I've ever watched. Uh, Josh Anderson takes a shot off his butt, collects mm-hmm. the rebound, scores a goal. That's that, you know, that's his first goal scored on a goalie since March 13th of last season, which is a really rough way to look at it. Uh, He then got another one. He that goal seemed to have brought something back into him. And we'll talk about Anderson a little bit in three up and three down. But he just barreled through Mike Riley to the net. 
chipped one by Varlamov. It's 3 nothing. And then Yuri Slavkovsky on the forecheck forces an Alexander Romanov turnover. Puck gets to Nick Suzuki. Suzuki feeds Caulfield. Caulfield scores five on five goal. And then Christian Dvorak hits the empty netter uh, to make it a 5 3 win. The third period wasn't great, but boy, were those first two periods something to behold. And some of that is, you know, going to be score effects. Some of that is going to be the Habs took their foot off the gas. But I'm looking at natural stat trick right now. The Habs went from an expected goals percentage of 64 and 80 in the first two periods uh, to 14 in the third. They finished that game. The Islanders generated 2.15 expected goals in that last period. The Canadians in the game, 2.85. There's taking your foot off the gas, and then there is just a sleep at the wheel here. It was not a good third period, but they got the win, and they played well for most of it. So going to take the the positives (laughs) right now while I can. I mean, also in that third period, it wasn't just um, taking the foot off the gas. Like, they seemed to get all of a sudden, like, really just too nervous. Like, they they made a couple of mistakes, right? Like, the the Islanders' goals started coming in, and they seemed to, like, really lose their cool a little bit. So I think um, we talked about it in Game Over last night. Like, the Martin St. Louis timeout was just him saying, like, just calm down, guys. (laughs) Like, just, just please just chill out, chill out. Because I think at the, at the point where you let the game get away from you so badly, you're only scrambling until somebody just, like, gives you that chance to, like, take that breather and regroup. And they they just really, really needed to regroup. But I was so impressed with them in that first and second period, like, unbelievably so. And so I think, you know, the Islanders are not that team. They're not, they're, they're not an amazing team or anything like that. But if the Canadians are able to put together periods of that, they need to take what happened in those periods and create habits out of them, create like long-term habits out of them. And, and we will talk about this more, but like that first line, Uri Slavkovsky is playing incredibly on that line. Uh, Nathan at eyes on the prize kind of pointed it out that he's finding his timing with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, where to be, where pucks are going to be. And you see that line's humming along. Caulfield getting a goal in there is great because that line deserved two or three goals by themselves last night. They were phenomenal on the forecheck. They had the Islanders in a spin cycle all night on that. And it's hard to not be a fan of that. And someone made a very good point. that This might have actually been Kay or uh, Ian on Twitter that they look at this and go, just because the number, the counting numbers aren't there, you're hoping that Martin St. Louis doesn't go, well, we need goals, and this guy's playing well, and kind of splits that there. That triumvirate of players right there is playing so well right now that I don't think splitting them is going to do the right thing for it. And I let me make this clear. I don't believe they are in danger of splitting that group up at all right now. I think everyone's playing decently well. Yes, they lost to the Penguins, but they had a really good showing in there. They had a good showing against the Sabres. They had a good showing here. I think building that many good performances is this is not a flash in the pan thing right now. This group works. It's now figuring out everything behind it, which is hard without Alex Newhook and Kirby Doc and et cetera, et cetera. But that top line deserves so much more than one goal. I'm glad they got one. Even the defense looked a lot more acclimated, even under pressure in the first two periods making good reads, making good plays. Justin Barron looked confident. Jaden Struble plays like a 10-year vet. 
it's impressive how good he is. And it's going to lead to a, a lot of difficult conversations in, in terms of the defense coming up here soon. But this is a good building block kind of thing because Monday, the Winnipeg Jets and the coward Mark Shifley uh, are the next game. The Jets are flying high right now. Uh, they've they've basically won the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade already. Uh, and I think this, if the Canadians can harness that pressure they brought in the first 40 minutes here, I'm not saying they're going to win the game against the Jets here, but I think that there could be a lot of fun, a lot more goals in there. If Anderson and Slavkovsky and everybody are clicking along there, this was the perfect game to get out of the funk that was that Penguins loss, I think, against the Islanders. I absolutely agree with you there. And I think with with the Jets, I never know what to expect because I, you know, I don't like them. <laughs> um, and oftentimes when I have a team that I have such a visceral negative reaction to, I refuse to acknowledge their, their positive attributes. Uh, but we can all agree that they've fallen off a major cliff, right? And, and now they're kind of regrouping. Like you said, they're flying high right now. Um, and I'm really hoping that the Habs are the ones that put a stop to it because <laughs> I don't well, want them, you know. The Jets are leading the Central Division and are third okay. in the Western Conference. But hear me out. It. Okay, hear me out. They're leading a division that is terrible and a conference that is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I don't know because Dallas and Colorado also have 38 points. Yeah, I, no, those are legitimately good teams. Um, I, I love that we are, we have moved the goalposts for, well, they're the same record as the Jets, but we hate them. So, yes. uh, And I used to love the Jets, but my visceral reaction is I hope uh, the coward Mark Shifley steps on a Lego or falls in uh, a St. Catherine's pothole uh, on yes. the way to the Bell Center. However, it is Monday, and Monday always means three up and three down, and we're going to dive into the ups coming up in our next segment. But first, today's show is brought to you by the folks at Game Time. It is the holiday season. Christmas is right around the corner. The New Year's right around the corner. That means new sporting events. That means concerts. That means shows of all kinds. And if you don't want to slog through the headache and pain of trying to find the perfect seats for whatever event you're looking for, let me tell you about Game Time. It is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the views from your seat when you buy them. So you know exactly what you're going to be looking at when you get there. All prices show in your total upfront. There's no hidden fees. There's nothing for services in this. What you see is what you're paying. And you can buy those tickets in two seconds with just two taps in the app. All you have to do is download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Some terms apply, but again, all you have to do is create an account. Redeem code Locked On NHL L O C K E D O N N H L for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And we are back here at Locked on Canadians. And those of you who know us know that every Monday we do three up and three down. And normally uh, we would do the down section first because we want to get the negative out of the way and then end on the positive. But uh, I'm very tired and I wrote the show notes backwards. So we are doing the up segment first here. And I know it is just one game. I also thought he looked pretty good against Pittsburgh too, but uh, Josh Anderson goes on my up list this week. And there's a part of this that I didn't realize because it was at the end of the game last night. I'd gotten up to go let the dog out and everything. Uh, 
after the game, they do, you know, the first star interviews on the ice after the game. And the Bell Center gave Josh Anderson a full standing ovation. Uh, he got one previously, after, I want to say it was after his empty net goal, where they were talking and he's getting cheers. You can see how much it means to him to have the support of the fans. And yes, we have been hard on Josh Anderson. And yes, this is not me saying, oh, we should all be nice to everybody because I've been very critical of Josh Anderson so far this season. But you see that reaction for a guy who is trying. And that is the difference between, I think, someone like him and like Mike Hoffman in previous years is I see Josh Anderson making that effort. He wants to, you know, be burying goals and doing those things. It's a it's a heartwarming moment. He's got, you know, his big smile on his face. You can tell he's deeply moved by that. Two goals against the Islanders. Uh, one in hilarious fashion because, of course, it hit him in the butt. And then he, you know, shot it through like three people into the net. And then the second one was what I want, what you want to see from Josh Anderson. Loose puck, bullies his way past the forward to the net, bullies Mike Riley off of it so hard that Riley fell down, looked like he was injured. Anderson gets there, chips it in. That's what you want to see from the power horse. We know he can rip shots on the rush, but you have a guy with that frame and that power bullying people in front of the net and doing so with confidence. I I jokingly said Josh Anderson's going to go on a heater here, but I might not be kidding. Uh, he looked much, much more improved. I know the counting stats, the fancy stats are never going to be good, but of the pucks going in the net, I can at least palette it a little bit more than anything else. I'm hoping that this was a turning point game for Josh Anderson. I think so too. And uh, honestly, I feel like, like you said, the effort wasn't the problem. The problem that he wasn't doing the right things or he was overthinking or, you know, there was, there was a large luck element to it as well. Like, let's be honest. Um, but I feel like he's kind of, uh, in the last couple of games, right? Because yesterday on Game Over, Andrew pointed out that when he was doing his shootout attempt, the fans were supportive of him, right? And and that kind of gives him that little confidence and it gives him that ability to slow down and think and, and, and think about what makes him effective, right? And I think that that was the biggest thing is that yesterday what we saw in the game was that he did the things that make him effective. And But goals are funny. Um, that's hilarious. But, you know, he capitalized on an opportunity. And then in the, in the second, like the second goal was vintage Josh Anderson, right? Like that's what we fell in love with. Um, and so I'm very happy for him. And I'm very, I'm very hopeful that this is a good turning point for his season. There's still so much hockey left and that he's going to be able to pick it back up. And he's not the only big forward who had themselves a night against the Islanders. We talked about at the top line in the, in the last segment, recapping the game. Uri Slavkovsky is one. He's one of the funniest players I've ever watched because he's just very animated on the ice. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a time when he was coming through the offensive zone. I want to say it was Alexander Romanov, who is not a, an unsteady skater. He's built like a rock and has a low center of gravity. And Slavkovsky skates through. And I think he just takes his hand and, and just like swats him. him out of the way. Yeah. Like it was nothing. And mm -hmm. that to me, is horrifying. <laughs> that is a gigantic child who took an established NHL defenseman that we know hits like a truck 
and threw him just like him he was away. nothing. He's just like, bye. He got the assist on the four check there. He's using the body and his reach for everything. And I know he got the assist on Caulfield's goal, but the biggest thing I want to point out about last night, it's the funniest thing in the world, is Dobson got into it with a couple of different Habs. And as they came out of the pile, Noah Dobson has his helmet off. He's yelling. He gets pulled away from, I believe it was either Mike Matheson or Josh Anderson at that point. And Slavkovsky looks at, or it was Caulfield, because Caulfield went after him. And as he's getting pulled out without his helmet on, Slavkovsky's looking at him and he, and he keeps tilting his head going, you got to go to the bench. You don't have a helmet on. <laughs> and he keeps doing this. And Dobson keeps yelling at him. And I can't see Slav. Like, get off the ice. Get off the ice. I can't see Slav's face. <laughs> but I can only assume he's got that just kind of absent-minded, like, golden retriever. Like, And he's just kind of doing this. And he's just, he's just giving it to him. <laughs> And it's so it's such simple chirping that it becomes so funny and aggravating because it's not like, oh, you suck. Because it's like, hey, man, you got to get off the ice. You've got a helmet on. What get are you doing out here? Get off the ice. <laughs> he all Slavkovsky also prevented Madison from definitely taking a roughing penalty late in the third. Uh, loose puck there. I believe it was either Dobson or Nelson is at the side of the net and they're whacking at it. Matheson is on the right side and the player whacking at the puck is on the left side by the post there. Matheson sees them taking swings at him and he takes two steps and Slavkovsky has intercepted that. Mm -hmm. He kind of blocks Matheson from getting to whoever it was and grabs the guy there. And that's someone who knows the situation they are in and mm -hmm. that if he's learned and he shouldn't have to play bodyguard, uh, but it's the little nuances in here that are really making me appreciate how much further Uri Slavkovsky has grown here. Yeah, and you just compare it to last year when he was often, you know, he didn't have his head up or he was he had a lack of awareness as to what was going on, and now he's, like, a lot more aware. And, and I think that that is a huge, huge difference, is that he knows how to do the... He, he knows how to read the situation a lot better than he used to. Yeah, and the final up this week, uh, I know the Rocket have not been great as of late, uh, Riley Kidney is quietly putting together a decent rookie season in the AHL while not getting, you know, the same top line mates. He's up to six goals, five assists on the season, and I believe it's 27 games. It's not going to set the world on fire, but compared to what I saw in the first like month or so, a, a much more confident player. He's not like on the cusp of an NHL call up right now, I would think. And I will discuss, um, uh, the whole NHL call-up thing in our final segment here, but it's good to see that somebody else besides Joshua Watt is, you know, developing a little bit in Laval this season. Mm -hmm. uh, Emil Heineman looked like he was on that track. Xavier Simino has been in and out. I think he's battling some injuries. Uh, we saw how good Jaden Struble turned out. We're seeing Arbor Jack guy there. Now we're seeing obviously uh, Logan Mayu and Jakob Dobish, et cetera. So there's a lot going on with that. Uh, I'm just happy to see that somebody else, is uh, making an impact or doing their best to. He scored the game winner with like a minute left against Allentown on Friday. The Rocket had no business winning that game, but wins are wins. You take it and you get the heck out. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. And coming up in our last segment, it is the down. We're going to talk some of the call-up stuff. We're going to talk Laval's inconsistent play. We're going to make fun of the Pittsburgh Penguins, apparently, because that's what we do on this podcast. And that's all coming up next. But first, today's show is also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook because as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers on FanDuel stay 
hot because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. That is it. And if you've been thinking of joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's super easy to use. You can bet on things from the spread, player props, over-unders, the money line, and more. Bills are on TV today. Packers are on TV today. I'm going to be sitting there, you know, 150 bucks, 150 bucks. I've got uh, things to buy uh, <laughs> as of right now. All um, you have, yeah. <laughs> so all you we'll have to do that. is visit <laughs> fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partners of the NFL and us here at Locked On. And as always, please gamble responsibly whenever you are betting on sports. We are Locked On Canadians. We are back with three up and three Wait, down. Wait, before we get into the three no. down, why do you need to buy more things? Nope. Nope. <laughs> that is, that was, I was already told no. Uh, so no. Um, that will be at another time and place. Uh, <laughs> okay. Those who need to know do. So we'll leave it at that. Um However, uh, we do. We're going to end this on the downside, just because I wrote the show notes backwards today. So, I guess we're going to start right out with my biggest issue here, and it's not as big of a problem because they, you know, won last night, uh, Saturday when we were recording this on Sunday. Uh, Emil Heineman will play a game before Christmas, so that means he's been recalled and has been sitting in the press box for two games. And my biggest thought is the rocket really could have used him. And I don't get the point of recalling somebody. If you're not going to play that person, if you're going to have them sit in the press box, call up a guy, a bottom six guy or something like that. Don't take a piece of this lineup out when they're starting to find their legs and sit them in the press box. I get that. Yes. He's probably going to play. He'll probably play against the jets or against the wild this week. That's great. If he doesn't play against the Jets, that's three games that he's sitting in the press box for that I don't fully understand here. <laughs> and they did this with Matthias Norlander. They recalled him and stuck him in the press box. Right. And I, my thought is you could have just recalled Brady Keeper on an NHL deal. You wouldn't have missed anything, and you could just sit him up there for the like six or seven games that Norlander was here instead of not having somebody playing. Uh, I don't get it. And I said it's like I got to watch Yoel Armia, you know, half try and then of course he scored a goal so like whatever yeah. but no i think yoel army has been playing well recently i mean are we saying well for yoel armia or actually well because those are two very different oh, no, 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 no. well for yoel armia Th there <laughs> we go i was gonna say there's a, it's i don't want to rag on the guy but we've talked about it with yesi alone and um michael Pozzetta is probably playing the right amount for his role but like i want to see emil heineman play I don't want to see him sitting in the press box. Yes, the practices and everything are good, but the Rocket needed that need the extra bodies right now mm -hmm. for a team that is struggling, and that transitions into my next part. I don't think Jean-Francois Houle is going to be getting a contract extension. Yeah. Uh, they were lucky to escape Allentown on Friday with two points. Jakob Dobish made 42 saves in a win where in the third period – in a game in which they were trailing by a goal or two goals, I believe uh, had four total shots on net. They scored on two of them, which is just astronomically low odds. Uh, and then they went Saturday, played the Hershey bears and got blown out seven, one in a game where they also had no offense. They just didn't get any bounces going their way. Mm -hmm. Inconsistency kills 
momentum and development on things. And this is a team that looks like it's running out of answers on stuff. And I, I try to be patient because yes, there are injuries and yes, there are call-ups and yes, it's a young team and it's inconsistent. They should be better than kind of getting smacked around for two straight nights. They were lucky to get a win in one of them. Mm-hmm. And that kind of softens the blow. But uh, the biggest thing is the net should not go back to Strauss man, unless it's back to backs or like mm-hmm. three and three situations. Jakob Dobish is inconsistent, but he's been your better goalie this year. He's right. come up with much bigger performances when needed. And also I don't like playing the, you know, you should only play prospects card, but maybe play the prospect goalie there who seems to be motivated uh, a little bit there. Uh, the rocket, Desperately need a veteran AHL goaltender who can uh, who can actually put things together there to give to help them out back there right now because the defense and goaltending, it's not it. It's not it. It's definitely not it. And I think that's the thing is that it's not just like playing the prospect goaltender because he seems ready. Like play the prospect goaltender to give him that ice time to give him those minutes. Um, just give him that experience because that's that's how you grow as a goaltender. You need to be able to anticipate, right? How are you supposed to anticipate if you've not been in situations? And that's exactly it. And it's, I can never figure the team out because they have some games where they'll fire like 45 shots and just get stonewalled. I'm like, okay, progress. But then the next night they have 18 total shots on goal. It, it's frustrating. And it, it goes back to the defense is not good enough. Mm-hmm. They get into the offensive zone and they're cycling and there's good chances and opportunities created. But the minute the puck either goes to special teams or crosses the center ice line, everything goes out the window. And that's a coaching thing. That yeah. is, that's not a talent thing. I mean, part of it is a talent thing. Part of it is it's a coaching thing that they're not well prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the most frustrating part because there's good players there and there's players having good seasons there. The hardest part being is that they can't string enough things together to feel like they're getting the development out of that. So um, I actually don't know what their schedule looks like this week, and I should check that. The Laval Rocket schedule? Yes, I'm actually going to check that right now, assuming the AHL site loads. They play uh, in Syracuse on Wednesday, uh, on my birthday, and then they play Friday, uh, December 22nd, and they're off for the Christmas holiday. They welcome the Penguins on Friday to Plus Bell, but are in Syracuse on Wednesday this week. So mm-hmm. not exactly an easy week ahead of them either. Syracuse always plays them tough, and Wilkes-Barre Scranton is its a tough game for them. We'll see what they've got after this. They might make a change after the holidays. Who knows? Uh, but keep your eyes peeled for that. And speaking of the Penguins, uh, I know this is a Montreal Canadiens podcast, and if you wanted to, you could listen to Lockdown Penguins. Uh, Wherever you get your Hunter- podcasts. Yeah, wherever you get your daily podcast. Uh, but, man, they were lucky to escape the Habs game with with two points. And then they walked into Toronto and got blown out 7 nothing by a team that didn't have Austin Matthews playing. Woof. Uh, I, Kyle Dubas took a chance, and he went out and got Eric Carlson. Great. I absolutely love someone trying to, you know, forcefully extend the window of their big three players. A hundred percent. But man, going back to hostile ground, I don't believe this is his first visit there and getting smacked. I don't, the Penguins might be like one of the biggest frauds in the NHL this year. Uh, it, the Sabres are also rivaling them in that department. Uh, but 
man, the, uh, they're not even a team that I cheer for like off to the side, but how do you lose seven, nothing to the Toronto to Maple Leafs to the Toronto Maple Leafs without Austin Matthews in their lineup? Mm-hmm. You gave up a Gordie Howe hat trick to Matthew Nyes. Like it, <laughs> just an ugly game all the way around. And the thing is, I don't want Toronto to get momentum because them failing. Hate them? Is, yeah. Well, yes. And it's funny, but mm-hmm. man, Pittsburgh, do you want to do you want Jake Allen? Yeah. Do you do you want Caden Primo? Well, you know, well, you don't have any prospects to trade, so like we'll figure it out somewhere else. But like, <laughs> man, just if we talk about teams lacking bottom six depth, the Penguins are one of the most top heavy teams I've ever seen in the NHL. Yes. And their top heaviness cannot carry them right now. So absolutely uh, not. It's very funny. Uh, Laura, do you have any parting thoughts? No, I'm not allowed to say anything now. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I will let you know when that time comes. However, we are wrapping up the show. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Uh, If you have longer questions, lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. We are available wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you like watching us, you can subscribe to the Locked On Sports Today national YouTube channel. 24-7 stream, all of our local experts, all of our national shows, all in one place. That is Locked On Sports today on YouTube.com. Go subscribe. Subscribe to us. Tell all your friends. It is the weekend. We will be back after the Winnipeg Jets game on Monday night. Until then, stay warm. Have uh, Have a happy Sunday or Monday or whenever you are listening to this. And we'll see you all next time.